what have you. I'm Rachel Jankovic. And I'm Becca Merkel. I'd really like to extend a warm welcome to the two of us yes. back to this yep. podcast. Yep. We've just been not here. That's what we've been doing. No, other no stuff. we have not. We've done other things Becca at a keeps great traveling. <laughs> I blame her primarily. I, I have been out of town a significant amount of time. One time, I feel like years and years ago, we tried to figure out how to do a phone podcast. We did it when you were in Greece, I think. No. Oh, did we? I remember yeah. doing it, I think, in Florida. Oh, uh, maybe. But we whatever it again. was, I think we ran into problems because your phone won't let you record a phone conversation because of legal reasons or something. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, it well, all got very... It got too techy for me. It was a little too extra. Because... You know, Ben still laughs about when they set us up like, okay, you're going to do a really official podcast with the, with the special mic, the little special mic that we had. Yeah. You know? And that was even too much for us <laughs> in terms of professionalism. <laughs> a bridge too far. <laughs> so, so those of you who are so, listeners who are like, <clears throat> hey, do you have a show index? And oh, the man. answer is no, no I no. don't. And there never will be one unless some poor volunteer. I think somebody did volunteer years ago. Really? And yeah. Well, it's, but even so, we're but just that's useless. A hard, that's a hard it, job yeah, we're for useless. somebody. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Oh, man. And, and I, people will sometimes remind me of incidents that not only did I not remember we talked about on the podcast, I had forgotten <laughs> they ever happened in my life. Becca so. and I use the podcast as also a scrapbooking opportunity. <laughs> Once we've documented it, we never more return to it. This happens sometimes where people ask about a particular recipe that I yeah. said was really good. Mm-hmm. No recollection of having ever made it. <laughs> the worst is when it is like a, they recently <laughs> listened to some old archived episode and feel that we're on the same page with an inside joke. And I yeah. have no yeah. memoir. No, no idea. No idea. But, no. That, enough Someday. about enough about our failings. Let's talk about yours. <laughs> I have a few things I'd like to get off my chest. I myself. About, <laughs> about the way people behave. <sighs> yeah. Oh yeah. my word. People. Yes. People are. You know, we say a lot in our house, it's just people peopling. They just yeah, keep on peopling so hard that sometimes they keep doing it. Yep, they do. I've been going through a whole phase. I was telling Becca about this. So with Ezra, I am doing a program, like a whole, it's kind of like, it's like therapy. It's just a program that I'm doing with him that is like daily, um, just developmental, physical, speech etc. So, but it's a, what it is, is like all things that you would normally do with a baby. Mm-hmm. It's just more doing things with a baby than you've ever right. done. Right. Previously, I have never done flashcards with a baby. So <laughs> that's a different genre than I've ever participated in. But you do go around with a baby talking about the names of everything. Oh yeah, you do. This is funny because I do flashcards of things in the house that he sees all the time. We do the flashcards. Okay. A bunch of times a day. And and there's like review flashcards oh, and then there's word. new yeah. weekly. I think the person in the Walgreens photo department must have really wondered what I was doing <laughs> with these photos because it's like pictures of a pile of laundry. <laughs> 
<laughs> a milk jug, <laughs> like a mug. Everything, everything oh, is yeah. like the stuff yeah. that Ezra sees all the time. Yep. Yep. And uh, we go through, we have like a few of them. We can go, it's like one, so you know. So why do the flashcards instead of just pointing to the pile of oh, you do Oh, you do both. Okay. You, we do the flashcards because it's just like receptive language. It's like learning the word yeah. with the thing. Okay. And then we do the walk around saying, where are the stairs? There are the stairs, oh, like stairs. Yeah. This is the stairs. And then when we okay. see it in the, uh, um. And one of the things we had to do video <laughs> videos, and you guys just don't know how fascinating Ezra finds me in a video doing uh oh with dropping something. Like I had no idea I made such great films myself. <laughs> <laughs> he like is delighted by <laughs> by my film work with dropping a stuffed animal and saying uh oh. <laughs> but it's a lot of stuff like that. Anyways. It is hilarious how much I am not used to being such a failure at this whole other... I was like, look, there's a lot of things in my life that I have gotten used to being bad at. Like, that I'm <laughs> used to being bad at always having dinner done on time. Like, sure. I this is the kind of... Yeah. It's a whole... Um, world of responsibility and activity mm -hmm. that you're so familiar with the obstacles and the difficulties yes. and I'm used to the days where you just didn't you make it, it. Yeah. or it just isn't going to be a good dinner but you're yeah. going to make dinner yeah. but you just are used sure. to it and I'm this is like a whole fresh take on the frailty of myself <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, we're going to open up a whole Sorry. other wing into things mm -hmm. that Rachel mm -hmm. has trouble getting to like it's yeah. it's yeah. But it's so good and healthy to have to do that. Yeah. And just true. be like, all right, so this is it. This mm -hmm. is my mm -hmm. responsibility. This is what I'm going to aim for. Yeah. And I expect it to, like, take time to settle. Yeah. Well, I feel like anyone who's listened to our podcast for any length of time will know that this is very on brand for me. But our dryer has been on the blink for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, once again... The appliances, the Merkel appliances are letting us down. And it has been a hilarious journey of the man from the appliance place coming to try to troubleshoot it again. And, but we've been without a dryer now for too long. You could use it without the heating element, which meant it's like the air dry function. A little cold toss. You could yeah. also use it as a salad spinner. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. exactly. And so... It was like, and we don't even have a clothesline. I have a, a rack in the laundry room to hang stuff on, but that's not very, you know, like you can't do tons there. I'd like to bring outside. a question. I need to come around. Mm -hmm. Is the rack in the laundry room the Sheila made? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, Becca, we know yeah. that you have no, a I Sheila have made. Okay. A Sheila made. And it has come in quite handy during this time, but it's inside so it's not like getting the wind and the, like it, it's not yeah. as fast, you know, and I don't have a radiator like people in England. So it's not uh -huh. sitting right over a radiator, you know, anyhow, all to say that this has been going on and we've been heroes. Like I'm just wearing wet clothes now. That's just my, my normal technique <laughs> is that I just have wet clothes on. <laughs> and so, and then yesterday my uh, hot water heater decided to go on the blitz also so mm. then it was like keeping things so real fresh over at the Merkle. cold water and it was soup night last night and I was trying to get the cookies and the honey butter and everything and I'd done the honey butter in the mixer 
and then I, I mean, have you ever tried to wash a buttered mixing Ooh. bowl and beater with oh. only cold water? No, I have not. <laughs> I'd be boiling the water for that. Yeah, it was not good. I didn't have time. I was in a great rush. I had to make the cookies. Anyway, that's kind of, and then, and then in between these moments of appliance failure, we run out of town again, and then we come back to this, mm-hmm. and we've rearranged everybody's bedrooms, so Ben and I moved upstairs, and I still haven't gotten it moved in since we moved upstairs, and then it's like I have to find where are we going to keep clothes, and how are we going to move into the closet, And but it's ev- like everything's dirty, and I can't get it all. It's like you've it's got this nice. suitcase full of stuff, uh-huh. but you can't get it necessarily dry before the next trip <laughs> this is on brand for you <laughs> i know these are the struggles but in a great wonderful turn of events yesterday ben came home from work during soup night even managed to get my dryer going again with heat Whoa. and hot water yeah he worked his magic we got he it did, done he did all the yeah. tricks that's yeah. good it turned out it was a new we needed a different breaker power box. Mm. It wasn't even the dryer. So it's really great that we spent the money on a new heating element. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta love those moments. Yeah. So that's that's how it's been going here at my house. Yeah. It's just been going at a breakneck pace is what we've been doing. Yeah, exactly. But we need to renew our commitments to try to do the podcast more often. Yeah, well, if I can get my flashcards done on time, <laughs> if I can do that, then mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest obstacles with the flashcards is that Ezra likes to look at me so much and make eye contact, so it was actually very difficult. It's, like, tricky if I was yeah. holding them out facing him. He just looks at me. Yeah. Uh, he looks yeah. at them when he hasn't seen them before, but yeah. then... If it's familiar, he, like, looks at me instead. And so then I have to put him on my lap. But even with him on my lap where we're looking at the same thing, he'll crank his head back to look at me like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, look at the milk jug. Look at the milk jug. That's awesome. It's pretty, it is pretty That's funny. Great. He has to go eight times down a slide every day. <laughs> It's actually really great. It's so cute and it's so good. How like it's it's obviously helping him. Um, it's a it's a folding table propped up. It's a smooth, really okay. smooth folding table propped up on something else. Like an eight footer? Or no, like it's a... probably like a four and something footer. Okay. It's just the one that I had. I could sure. probably the eight foot ones I have have that gritty kind of texture. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. has to be able to slide on it. Um. But you do it, it's on his tummy, and, and it's, like, helping him head forward first or crawl. Head first No, head first, because it's, so you put, you're putting toys that he wants to get in front of him. Okay. And then helping him with the alternating leg, like, oh, where he pushes sure, off. Sure. But I think I look outrageous. The whole time that you're being, like, a, a cheerleader while you push a leg up while you tickle the other foot while you try to keep the toy in front of him interesting while you squeal with delight when he does what you're trying to get him to do and we (laughs) and I'm doing that eight times a day so I can tell you that when I kind of fizzle out in the evening I'm fizzling out real hard (laughs) 
thing, the thing that is so funny is that multiple times recently, I have been like in my jammies, turn off the lights, get in bed, and then I'm like, what time is it? <laughs> Maybe like 920 hours. <laughs> I'm like, I never. Yeah. But it, part of that yeah. is the magic of fall because it's getting dark earlier yeah. and you feel yeah. like it's still, like, if you're on the light dark mm -hmm. concept, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're not reading the room correctly. <laughs> and I have been just like, whoa, bedtime. We are, woo, we got to go to bed. And then I'm like, uh, it's still quite early in the evening, but I'm not. I'm not ready to. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. not ready. Big time. Yeah. Anyways, it's Big very good. Time. And I have to say that I really am thankful for um, this program that we're doing. is with a, uh organization called the National Association for Child Development. And it right. is really, a, like, really a gift to be doing this with them because it's like a it's like a private school thing in the sense that you have mm -hmm. to get accepted. You pay, you get initially get into it. And then every four months they do an evaluation yeah. of how you're doing, make a program for the child. But then you mm -hmm. have a coach. Like I just had a talk today with the coach and then they give you the, like, I have to upload videos of me doing different things with them. They'll give me feedback and critiques. They'll tell yeah. me what to do differently. And, and it is so good because well, because yeah, just amazing. because Ezra has Down syndrome, we have high standards and we hope to have high academic standards for all of our kids yeah. and not just academic, but we hope yeah. to have high standards for all of them. Yeah. When you, then we have a baby with Downs and then we still want to have high standards yeah. for them. We just don't know what they are. Like yeah, it's less, it's less like? familiar of yeah. what is it that we want yeah. to be doing and so far I'll tell you a secret and then is that the high standards we have for Ezra are actually actually has standards for myself <laughs> that like apparently Rachel has not been yeah the one that is hitting the bar quite so we're gonna we're gonna need to level up Rachel so oh, so we are so funny. I'm working on leveling up that's my big job right and now actually on that on that subject of high standards for your kids, I really feel like this is what we were talking about just a little bit ago. It is so good for your children to have to do hard things. And oh, that's right. not the same. That's not the same thing as like, if your kid's miserable, that means you're doing a good job. That's not it at all. But just kids having to struggle through something that they are sick of. And that's one of the best things I think about like, our kids experience going to Logos was there were some difficult classes and you know what there's not really an opt-out you just it's no. hard it's hard so you just have to but muscle that, through it and I do need to say that don't you think a huge part of that comes from parents have to have the moral authority to tell their kids that you have to do things yeah. when they're hard yeah but you can't and you have to start them young no but, but like, I mean you also have to be doing that yeah you parents yeah. have to be the ones that are like yeah this is hard and I'm gonna keep yeah. showing up for it and we're gonna figure out how you're gonna get through it right because I do think that like let's say your kid is in a really difficult you know class let's say it's just a history class and it's just kicking their tail and they're having a really difficult time it would be so easy to feel like 
who cares? They don't need to have this history anyways. They'll probably learn it later. It's fine. But the most important lessons that they might be learning in that history class really have nothing to do with history. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're, they're actually learning endurance and they're learning discipline and they're learning how to, um, get through complicated things and, or be satisfied with a less exciting grade than they wanted. Or just living with, there's a lot of time that's just like, you have to just do the thing that you don't like. Yeah. And it's like, if you let your kid opt out anytime there's a difficult thing in front of them, it feels kind. Like it feels like you're being an attentive parent. But mm -hmm. honestly, it's like you might be training little quitters. And that would be well, sad. I just that would be had, really sad. I just had this conversation with one of my younger uh, peoples of the world uh, who was not caring for school. Mm. And because uh, as one doesn't sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I've just the heart of the summary was it doesn't it's okay with me if you don't like school you don't have to love school but you have to love wisdom like and that's <laughs> yeah. not optional and one of the ways that you love wisdom is by learning what god has for you in the moments when you're not liking school <laughs> yeah and like yeah. i it's okay if you feel like and it, and to be clear this is not someone who's really we're not really having an existential time about school it's just it's just that there's well, there comes a time where you're like isn't this all a waste yeah and then right. the answer is no you need to dig a little deeper <laughs> you need to see a little bigger you yeah. need to look a little further at what is it that you're actually and, learning here and it's like what a great opportunity to learn about having a good attitude even when you are faced with something that's not your funnest you know and not your personal like, best Right, and and that is just such a important thing that I think it's good for parents to keep in mind because it can feel, I think probably especially for moms, that they want to run around and make everything pleasant mm -hmm. for their kids. And you could be doing them a very, very serious disservice if you right? do that too much. Well, know? I think actually this goes back to, um, I'm not in the homeschooling circuit, so I actually am not this would have been years ago. I don't know how much this is still a thing in homeschooling world, but okay. delight driven learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the concept there is like, I think really sound if you're talking about like, let's pursue some delight driven hobbies. Let's sure. pursue some sure. whatever. But there are a lot of things that delight would never have driven me to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, and even things that yeah. I came around, yeah. and I think the concept there was sort of like when people will say that um, when kids don't want to eat food that they're given, it's actually it's actually like their bodies knowing right. what's right for them or right. something, and right. you're like, or not. Like yeah. the reality is yeah. that we, it's sort of a weird romantic vision of the human that thinks that. Mm -hmm what you're actually supposed to study is just going to be the thing that really delights you. Right. And that, that that's the thing that, because the reality is the thing that really comes naturally to you and that delights you is least likely to be the area that you really need to grind in. Yes. Like what, because yes. I can't think 
like the classes that I've taken that I like loved and that I couldn't get enough of the information and that I really ate it up I would have probably done those things separately if I had run into that if I had run into a book about that I would have been interested enough to read the whole thing I had to actually be made to read (laughs) other things (laughs) and I have no regrets over the and well okay so this was I knew, so I taught at Logos for 12 years, and it was material that I really enjoyed. Like, I really enjoyed it. Uh Uh-huh. And I had enjoyed it in school, and I enjoyed it when I was teaching it, Um, but left to my own devices, as I have now been for a year and a half, I've not once decided you know what I'd love is a spot of Homer I'm gonna just <laughs> read some Iliad again it's like but you know what it's I, I knew at the time like this is forcing me to use a part of my brain which I'm glad that something is forcing yeah. me to do it because I do enjoy it that's how but, the MFA was for me yeah but it's like actually yeah. when I have a spare minute I would much rather like do like design something or paint something or sew something or you know like yeah it's definitely not going to be like let me read some romantic poets just kind of because because I should right but I would you know read well I just I'm actually kind of excited I just downloaded a new Kindle book for my next trip I can't remember what it's called but it's on it's like a old text on home decoration and I'm like okay interesting (laughs) I shall see it might be a big dud you know what else okay I feel very ripped off I'm sorry this is an off topic observation I'll allow it I when I'm on planes is my big shot at read something for fun because I don't usually have time in the day to day to just sit down and read something for fun but um I kind of run out of ideas I was like I don't have anything. There's nothing queued up. I don't have anything in my Kindle library that I feel like reading right now. And, you know, uh-huh. and so we're sitting in the plane as I'm trying to like, is there something I can buy before we take yeah. off? And something caught my eye and I was like, this, this is the one. But it turned out to be real dumb. I, I should be careful. Who knows? It might be a podcast listener who wrote this book. But you have never heard a better title. And it was Mastering the Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Oh, <laughs> I've heard of this. So. And I was like, Are you, I did this am surprise so you? interested in that. Like, Swedish death cleaning sounds like something I absolutely need to know. And so then I started on it, and I got about a quarter I of the way I thought this in. was the one that's like basically get rid of everything before you die so that people don't it's, have to deal with your stuff. That's the sort of concept. It's sort of Marie Kondo, but yeah. it's instead of does it spark joy, I think it's like, do you want this hanging around after you're dead? I'm not really sure, but the problem was everything that I read, it was kind of like, it felt like there was a forward and an introduction and then a further introduction and then like now we're going to talk about how this is hard and you're going to need to schedule it. You're going to want to buy supplies and you're going to want to have a checklist and you're going to want to have a wholesome snack before you begin. And I was like, come on, I want to get to the death cleaning, but I never did get there because there were too many introductions and wholesome snacks. I think it's like, I got bogged I, down. I'm not super wowed by it. 
Although some well, of it, I neither was I. I but everything that I've heard, the title I, was good. Everything I've heard about it is more. It seems to me like it always comes up in the context of people being like, "Don't keep your trying like the stuff that nobody." I think I saw it in maybe a New York Times article about know your grandmother's. Child. It was something about um, China not being worth anything or the stuff that everyone's inherited from their grandparents that nobody really. Oh, wants. that's terrible. And, no, and I the thing is, is a lot of that is stuff that it makes sense that we don't want it. Like we have stuff that we like granddad accumulated really fun, cool, lots of things. And so we all have in our homes, very interesting things that came from him. But then there was a super abundance of some items that you're like, this actually doesn't connect with any story that anybody mm-hmm. particularly knows. Nobody has a real reason for it in sure. their house. Sure. It's not, we're not even sure where he got it or why yeah. it got in here. And so, like, there are the things. I'm just saying this because there are the things that you just have to, This sometimes is like, there's no reason to hang on to this. Right. There's no reason right. to treasure this for the next generation to right. also feel the burden. Right. But some things, you, that's just, like, it's actually an important thing that you're so, just going to hand I on. I think it's really Legacy things. That like, we have gotten to this point in the conversation because I was, I've been thinking specifically about this in the last couple of days. But um, one was a conversation I had with someone on our last trip and the other one was just an article I read today. But... The yeah, so the if if Swedish death cleaning is throw away the grandmother's china, I object heartily to that. If it's maybe that weird Rubbermaid bin full of one shoe and you know stuff, yeah. get rid of it now. Don't let somebody else. I don't know. I I like I said, I didn't persist far enough with the death cleaning to get me any knowledge about it. But the heirlooms thing, I think that is weirdly important because somebody on our last trip asked me like did we have any sort of like um it was like do you have did you have any sort of cultural traditions you grew up with like recipes from your families Mm -hmm. you know whatever and I was like actually the recipes felt more to me like a like the 1950s you like the way both grandmas cooked it wasn't a regional anything it was a 1950s thing sort of but I was like, but what we do have is things that were handed down. And Mm -hmm. that is actually a real blessing because it it did come with the story and it did come with whatever. Mm -hmm. And granddad was so good about like getting stuff that, like you said, some of the things we didn't, you know, you don't really know what it was or why it was there. But a bunch of the stuff he got actually is worth handing down in its own right. It's stuff that is like... Mm -hmm. Well, my coffee table in the living mm-hmm. room mm-hmm. is an enormous brass tray that he bought in India. Yeah, and I am about to hang up this clock that I'm so excited about. I saw it on your piano oh, in there. I'm it's so that, excited. That's Mom really gave fun. that to me. And Granddad gave that to Mom and Dad for their wedding. Uh-huh. And I remember that being in the house. Always. Always when I was little. And, like, how cool that I get yeah, to have totally. that. And he bought jewelry for Grandma. In all the different places he traveled, because he was Air Force. And I have a bunch of that jewelry, and I uh-huh. love it. And I made him tell me, I, luckily, before, well, this was long before he died, but 
I sat down with my jewelry box and a paper and I was like, mm-hmm. went through everything. I was like, tell me where you got this. And some of them he didn't remember. He'd be like, ah, I might've been, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was somewhere in the middle East, you know, but others, he actually did have the story. He did remember where he got it or, you know, whatever. And I just think that is a really, a really important, like almost like a covenantal piece that I think is often overlooked in our current day and age Mm -hmm. because a people are putting stuff in their house that isn't permanent. It it isn't, it's not going to be handed down because it's like that thing from Ikea probably isn't going to make it that long. Right. But also it's like everything is too, everything is transient. People aren't. Well, I think it's just people aren't thinking in terms of trying to, acknowledge their roots they're not trying to carry things with them that they'll hand mm-hmm. off to the next like there's not as much yeah. of that like people aren't but really thinking about some it or, of the or they're just that decorating to like a cheaper less interesting world kind of yes like um where whatever plates you bought were never meant to be the thing you had always right like nobody right. nobody was like this is it for your plates well, forever. And so this article that I read earlier was about using the things that you have treasured up in the attic in a box. Like you have oh, the right. silver set up there, but you, or you have the beautiful cushions that you spent a lot of money on. So you put them in the spare room so that no one yeah. will ever get them dirty. And it was about like, just use the beautiful tablecloth. And if it gets a stain, well, it gets a stain, you know, but yeah. it's better than having it folded up in a box or like a soap that somebody gave you when you were uh you know first got engaged and here you are 18 years down the line and it's still in the drawer Uh and you know like and it's like oh but it's such a lovely soap I didn't I don't want to ruin it by getting it wet and I I do think that that is a real temptation like I have some really fun china and stuff that granddad and grandma Uh got and it is true. You don't usually pull it out to use because it seems like, well... Which china do you have? Um, well, I've got the... No, it's not china. I've got little china pieces, but not the whole set. You have Granny's china, right? No. Ha- Mom has the Hav- Haviland stuff still. Uh, but but we both Desert have Rose. Franciscan. Yeah, yeah, that Desert Rose. Yeah, so it's I, not properly china. No, but, but I have stuff. So, like, I bought a Goodwill some... Actually, I chose my crystal very wisely. You did. I that did, was good. I? You did. I, I sometimes I want to go back and congratulate myself yeah. of twenty years ago that I picked really good I, crystal and goblets. See, my crystal I've used I think probably maximum three times since we got married, and it's actually really pretty. So I don't know why I'm not. I don't know why you're it's not on either. the top shelf. It's yeah, not, to that's probably the secret right there. Well, it was in the basement. Now my problem has been everything. So for my, I think it was for my 40th birthday that a bunch of the family bought me. They everybody yeah, yeah, went I and got me that. more of my crystal it's goblets, it which I love. But I still don't have enough of my crystal goblets to be doing all of to just generally speaking for like. Uh, holiday or something. We have more than that many people total. So I, mm-hmm. you do it on like two yeah. tables, have my crystal goblets, and yeah. then uh, we have to yeah. move on to the next yeah. levels. Yeah. Um, but like I was at Goodwill the other day, and more than the other day, probably a whole much further ago than the other day. But I was at Goodwill once, and I found these very pretty, tall, but it's Irish crystal goblets. Oh. A set of 12 of them. Wow. And I really didn't 
need like right. I but I bought them because I'm like the thing is is I have a bunch of daughters. Yeah. I would rather have lots of sets of things that we use that yeah. they remember so yes. that they can get exactly. things that they remember being exactly. on their table when yeah. they were growing up. Right. And it's not that it had to be a lifelong investment on my part. I found it yeah. at Goodwill. I just yep. plan to then use it. And so yeah. the plates are the same way for me. Like I went through, because I've said this before, I started buying secondhand plates in China and stuff when we had enough space where A, I could store some, but B, yeah. where we were setting tables of that many, yeah. uh, that many plates that often. Mm-hmm. And it has kind of morphed like I had just, you know, it was like plates I was buying for 50 cents here and yeah. there and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I fairly recently went back through it and I got rid of a bunch of ones that just don't... Yeah aren't my favorite but some of the ones that my girls are like I love this one like because mm-hmm. when they set the tables they're like I yeah. always love these some of those I just put on my radar and I will look on eBay or look uh. around and so what I've started doing is trying to buy even though I maybe got the first six of them at mm-hmm. Goodwill mm-hmm. I'm starting to look for lots of those so that I can actually build it up into being enough of a set that you could give it to someone yeah like when they are getting married, I can say, I want you yeah. to take, you know, pick what you want to take with right. you. And I think that that's really fun. That'd be like, amazing. And I'm yeah. like, I want to have the, but the reason I want it is because I, there's no escaping the fact that setting tables will be a thing they all yes. think of as being yes. part of their life. Their life. Yeah. Well, um, and, and the thing is, I mean, usually when... <laughs> When stuff is put out on the family chat of like, does anybody want this? It was granddad's or whatever. I almost like universally, I'm like, I, yes, I'll put it in the basement and not use it if necessary, but I want it. I like, I want that. The samovar from granddad is in my basement. See, that's really cool. I've I got, tried to put it somewhere I've in got the house some and I stuff. couldn't find yeah. a place that it made any sense to have a samovar. I have one of granddad's samovars too, but you do you have the big brass one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a beautiful one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Well, I just mean like, I love it that we have those things. And even if it's sort of like, uh, it's in the basement for right now, it's fun to have there just to, and you know, maybe I will pull it out and use it later. Some stuff. Okay. Like I have a, um, Ottoman, I don't even know what you call it. It's like one of those big, like a leather puff Ottoman kind of a thing from grandma and granddad. And I'm not sure if they ever used it. It's a black and white, big leather, um, Ottoman thing. Like it's a, not the camel saddle. No, but it's the same kind of look as that. Why don't I even remember it? Well, I didn't remember it. It was all folded up in a thing, and I got wow, it somehow. that's awesome. Oh, that's where I put... I'm, wow, I just had a flashback. Um, it's full of the Afghans that Grandma knit and crocheted. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I just it stuffed with that. it with all of those. That I also I felt like that. I should not I get rid that. of, but that I didn't need... But the problem is, it's actually old, and it hasn't been moisturized or right. whatever. It's very fragile. It's not going to live up to a really... And But my the feeling is, I could store this away for yeah. future generations to get more to and get more brittle. To get a more fragile, brittle yeah. ottoman yeah. that we're yeah. not sure when Granddad bought it. Yep. And I was like, or... We can just use it until yeah. it's done yeah. and let it be part of the memory yeah. of things yeah. that we had around us. Yeah. Like, and that's kind yeah. of like, and some stuff, 
you guys, I'm, we had a lot of, I'm actually a big proponent of getting rid of stuff. So like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what, some of the stuff we had, grandma made a ton of beautiful, like she knit mm-hmm. beautifully, beautiful little things, cute things. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that stuff, by the time it's become a, um, little heirloom, mm-hmm. it's actually way past looking cute. Yes. And it lived a hard life through yes. several generations of babies yeah. and it no longer looks like yeah. something really special. Right. I feel like let it be cute in the memories and in the pictures sure. and don't yeah. save this thing now. Like, cause it's just, yeah. n- there's nothing. And yeah, but it was yeah. honestly, it was all of those things that we have to hand down and that we care about that are things that made me realize I needed to be producing those things that would sure. be fond memories. Sure. Like, but I think it doesn't even like the handmade stuff is wonderful and lovely. And I'm glad for the things that I have that were the handmade ones, but some things just don't stand up to time, you know, like an Afghan versus a, a brass tray, you know, the yeah, brass or, tray is going to be more quilts had more staying right, power in the right, world than exactly. acrylic Afghans. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that like the handmade stuff's wonderful, but also just, Buying something that is classic and enduring and and will stand the test of time that you could hand down. And maybe it's not, maybe nobody will want it, you know, it's fine. But I just feel like that, that actually is a worthwhile thing to do. I know that mom was surprised when I got married and um, got a King Pickle gallon jar to put my sugar in. Oh my word! Because her sugar was I always forgot in about a gallon, the king a, pickle. a gallon jar with the yellow yep. king pickle yep. on I, the top. Okay, that's a flashback. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah. So for the first, however many years of our married life, I always yeah. had the flour in the king pickle jar, and but the thing is, is that what? Not the flour, the sugar in the king yeah. pickle jar. Yeah. Uh, whatever the thing is that, like. It's actually what I think the thing that we're trying to get to is to, as you're raising your children and you're building your home, don't act like the physical things are not actual place markers for spiritual things. Yes. Because, because God actually put us in this world. Right. With these things. And when we're shaping our children, so like, like don't be, don't shy away from things that like actually ought to be kind of tangible physical memories for people. Yeah. And it, and it's funny how much I think Christians fall into a weird ditch about this thinking yep. that like yep. liturgical things are not like what was it? I think it was Shad. One of my kids was like, "I love it when it's like when school starts and they're like and we come home and the house feels clean and there's a pumpkin candle burning." Oh, Judah has said this too. It's yeah. like a, it's an yeah. actual, like a seasonal thing that the yeah. house smells like yeah. a pumpkin candle. Yeah. Yeah. And, but weirdly, it feels like mom has been home yes. all day yes. while we were gone. Yeah. And no, my kids have said the same thing. Yes. And that, and that feeling of like stuff is happening, you know, and this is, and I'm just like, those are things that you ought to just receive from the Lord as yeah. keep going, you know, do yeah. more and more of this. And yeah. like, uh, and try to like, I don't know. There's just things that I suddenly realized when I was reading this article. It was talking about the silverware, and I was like, you know what? I when we lived in England, I was collecting um, just at little 
thrift shops or antique stores or whatever, bone handled um, silverware, mm -hmm. you know, and it's down in the basement in a box because they'll get that. I know. And it's probably not even real bone. It's like, yeah. And, and I probably, when I started collecting it, couldn't tell the difference between the bone and the whatever. And so I haven't even looked at it in years because it's down there in the basement. And it was like, oh, but it would be hand wash and, you know, like whatever. Yeah. So uh, there yeah. it is downstairs. Yeah. And I just feel like, yeah, I should pull some of that stuff out and try to actually work it into uh -huh. life. A little bit more, but I like I love the fact that that crazy green velvet couch that I have was my great grandma's, and it was yeah. upholstered in a very well dated upholstery. Not not dated from a good era. It, it was, was reupholstered. It was reupholstered in a kind of a nineteen ninety one. It was reupholstered in the same era as um, we were upholstering baskets in chintz fabric yes, yes. with dried flowers. Except for this was more of a burgundy rust colors kind um, of like, going on. It wasn't it wasn't great. It so anyway, but I loved the sofa and I had it reupholstered in a ridiculous poison green velvet and it is fantastic and I love it. And so I feel like there's ways of repurposing old stuff and Yeah, and I think not being neither being overly clingy to the things of this world like recognizing right. that they all are they're all going to go to dust sometime yes. or another. They're not mom really loves that I have the brass tray as our coffee table because oh, I love it. I it was but it, for her she grew up with it far more untouchable. Yes. It was yeah. a thing that was untouchable and it has become deeply touched at our house. <laughs> and yeah. and yeah. It, it, but it's great. We're really enjoying it. I love yeah. it. I don't think that yeah. getting dented and dinged is actually bringing it down at all. It's yeah. like still great. So, but I do think like honestly it is investing in stuff like worthwhile for uh -huh. you to buy things that are and I I am not above running to Marshall's and grabbing a thing just to sort of be a bit of decor to stick right. somewhere. But we should all acknowledge that probably the stuff I bought from Marshall's is not going to be the stuff. Not the legacy. It's not I, the legacy. But every once in a while, the random thing you picked up somewhere will be the King Pickle Jar that your children are like, we'll this is the one. About. This yeah. is the one. They're going to yeah. be looking on eBay to try to find to try the to same Exactly. The so same you never model. know. But I do think, I mean... Typically, I feel like the things... Oh, somebody is awake. Somebody's saying, I'm behind them a flashcards. I, <laughs> I just think typically the stuff that um, people make imitations of are mm -hmm. probably the things that will uh -huh. pass on. You know, it's like you've got marble and then you've got your marble printed contact paper. Or your, you know, formica your marble formica and it's generally the thing that is copied that will you know you've got your copper and then you've got your copper spray painted something or you've got you know it's I feel like that's maybe sometimes how you can tell the difference between what is something that will be you know a lasting sort of piece uh -huh. versus not not always but you know it does feel like totally I think there's so much work to do in in uh, like that landmarks are a thing like mm -hmm. this is in not that I uh, <laughs> just just things like 
it's a traditional thing in scripture that people build a marker of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And we don't live that life right now. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be building Ebenezer's. <laughs> However, <laughs> we don't need that. However, there are a lot of things in your life that your children will probably always correlate with specific seasons of how it felt then yep. and how it did. Yep. And you want your children to associate things like food and table fellowship and a clean house and whatever, all with the joy of the Lord. Yep. Like, this is what it means. It's yep. actually like a much bigger uh, kind of whole life experience version of the thing that the rabbis would do, you know, where they would um, take a kid's finger and put it in honey and put yeah. it on their tongue and say sweet and then pat the Bible and say God's word it's a flash is card. sweet. Yeah, I'm doing that. Except for honey. Um, anyways, they basically what I'm, what I'm saying is you want to use everything that you have at your disposal to be building this As a physical <laughs> experience. Yeah. Specifically with flashcards or not, if you want no, to. No, I mean, they're yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 I get it. But you want to be building a three-dimensional experience of what it means to walk with God. Yes. And all of the things that that entails. And as many of them as God has given us to work with, which is so many. Yeah. Like, because you could actually create a straight up aversion in your children when they see that china set because it reminds them of the misery of those dinners right like when, nothing this is no nothing sweet comes no, to mind it was when we all had our worst time and mom I was the most picture, out i have a picture somewhere that i took that just really to me is like like i didn't take it as a deadly earnest picture mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. now it is a picture that could totally choke me up it was when we were first hosting Sabbath dinners sometimes at our um, house on Sunnyside. Mm-hmm. And so it was my, yeah. I was getting my crystal out and it was a long table and it yeah. was like a, the kind of beginning hospitality. Yeah. And I have a picture that I took that is one of my crystal goblets, but it's Grandpa Jim's hand with the big Naval Academy ring oh on gosh. it. Well, that Naval Academy ring is like that such is a tangible, it was, it was like, and it's worn so smooth yep. and beat up and it was like and it's so in my mental like it means so many things to me totally. and then to have it in this context of this picture that was like us beginning to do something you know like beginning him yeah. at the table with something that was so young at that Gosh, time but yeah. he was old what i'm saying is there are things that have real palpable tangible like this is anchoring a lot of things that are much bigger than the thing itself oh yeah and big time and how that what a fun thing that is that we get to use Mm -hmm. in our Mm -hmm. in our work of building a home and encouraging your kids but it's like those things will either be good memories or bad right they're Mm -hmm. they're they're flashcards for something else and i think the question is what is that something else because you can be choking everybody with uh-huh. with it, or you can be open-handed in giving and no, it'll and, just I, and be there's delightful something memories. so I've joked, I think on here at least, or maybe I wrote about it on Instagram. Either way, the funniness of when people um, 
how easy it is to be provoked by your kids wanting to know what's for dinner. Like, why is that the thing that nearly gets us down every time? And I was like, but the funny thing is how much my kids now, people come home from school, like, slapping the door open to, like, inhale to check, is there (laughs) anything in the works? What's coming next? Mm -hmm. What's whatever? And how much leaning into that that God has given you something here that clearly matters yep. instead of being like why does no one give me a rest like, <laughs> yep. but just yep. thinking like oh wow the Lord yep. has given me a place where I can bless people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and I should and I should yeah. try not yeah. because I have to do this perfectly or because yeah. I mean but because what an what an advantageous opportunity amazing this is. yeah totally yeah, so tell us, um, you guys should tell us in the comments on this episode what things you have that are, like, really anchored to sweet memories Yeah, for you. Like, you know. Or, or what you got out of the basement and used. I'm going to need to or. do that. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, do you have a hot tip? I do. I feel proud. Back at launch. Project launch. I a hot tip. I have a life-changing, game-changing tip. Okay. Um... That is hilarious how much it makes me feel smug every time I do it. <laughs> so, uh, my my measuring spoons in my life are on a ring. Because when I've had loose ones, then you never can find the one you needed. You know, like, like when they're all together, you can look for that. And um, then you put that in the dishwasher. And it's a constant little aggravation to me because they nest up and then it doesn't wash. But I also hate the fiddle of like spreading them out on the little thing. You know, niche problem. It's it's niche. But I'm just telling you, you try it and you'll find out. I've started hanging it over the front of the glasses rack. You just dangle it over there and that holds it apart without having any any effort at all in your own time. Does this not bug you spreading it out? No, or, no it doesn't bother me at all because I don't a, keep it on a ring. I won't keep it on yeah, a ring. Yeah, well, I do because I just, I never can find, like, well, where is the quarter teaspoon then? Like, I can only find the half and, like, I just want them together. I don't I'm, remember the last time I ever bothered with a quarter teaspoon. Really? I have multiple teaspoons <laughs> and a quarter or a half, I only use a teaspoon to oh, do it. Oh, then that's probably why you don't resonate here. That's but actually why I'm better than you. I'm that's just going to say that there are people among us who probably have just as much of a thing about this. And if you have, like, I have a tray for silverware at the top of the dishwasher, but even if you have, like, one where you stand yeah. them up, when you drop the whole set in there, they they will automatically want to nest up. And then you have shortening or no, because you would never use that little of shortening. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Something I'm with you. honey or whatever. It that didn't get washed out just hang it on the front and then you also I think let's all let's all congratulate Becca no you can find them immediately when you open the dishwasher that's the other thing is you can grab it out it just it's it's probably over the course of your life this is going to save you at least 14 minutes you guys so this is a big deal if you go long enough just think you'll it'll add up over the years 14 minutes will be saved so that's my tip. That's good. Okay, I have a tip for any of you who are sourdough bakers. Make the King Arthur sourdough chocolate cake. Oh, it I, is. It's 
the one. Impossibly delicious. And the reason I think it's so good, but I have to tell you my modifications. One, use dark cocoa powder. Okay. Two, I almost always end up adding a lot more milk than they tell you to add to the, um, you do milk starter and uh, flour and let it okay. sit for a couple hours. Okay. I almost always add, I add more milk until it is like, probably like pancake battery texture instead of, mm-hmm. and I don't really measure the starter. So really I'm going rogue. Yeah. However, I feel like it's important because this cake has, it's just so impossibly good. It's not crazy sweet and we don't put mm-hmm. anything on top of it. It's like a black smushy cake. I don't eat it, but my children, this is a thing that means something to them. It's good. It's, good. it's actually like so a typical cake would be like equal parts sugar and flour Mm -hmm. where you're probably like four cups sugar four cups flour whatever this one is a three quarter ratio it's just less sugar in it and then plus the sourdough plus the dark cocoa Mm -hmm. powder it Mm -hmm. is like it it actually is probably less sweet than like a banana bread or something it's like very but it is really beautifully black and looks really good and that is the thing that specifically my boys feel like someone loves them very much okay. when that is okay. on the island I will cut it put it under one of the little plastic like a cloche thing yeah. that's on that yeah. like where it's like you come home and there might be bread in there or there might be chocolate cake because yeah. it is like a snacking cake it's not a um dessert cake well I mean you could serve it as a dessert but we don't sure. because I don't put any frosting on it I have done it where you put powdered sugar on the top and it's pretty but it's unnecessary it's yeah. like just really good the way it is so well, I recommend, just as a side note, while on the subject of chocolate cakes, oh. um, if you put cinnamon, nutmeg, cardamom, and some cayenne in your chocolate cake, that is also stupid and delicious. And I put, this one has, um, sometimes I put cinnamon in it because I'm out of instant espresso, but mm. the espresso or cinnamon both heighten the chocolate yeah. flavor. Well, the I haven't cinnamon, done it with cayenne. That's like a yeah. Mexi nutmeg and well, Mexican it doesn't, chocolate. But it doesn't come off like that. Uh, like it tastes like fall is what, you know, like it's just got that. Yeah. There's a little bit of mm-hmm. heat. There's that interesting and that sort of nutmeg cardamom thing going yeah. on in there. It's just, that's so I put cinnamon. Good. I put cinnamon in this one instead of um, the one thing I have to say is that this cake has been both the worst cake I've ever made in my life oh. and the best. And I'll tell you where it goes. Where it went the worst was when I um, the where it went the worst was when I did not thin thin the like when I didn't add extra milk. Oh. So when you mix it in all this starter flour stuff there were like two thick of pieces of mm. um sourdough starter that somehow in a chocolate cake baked into like chunks of paper mache <laughs> and Perfect. what i'm saying is Perfect. that's not what i was looking yeah. for from a yeah. cake but the way that it is it really is like the most homey but bizarrely decadent but mm. not it's like mm. it really yeah and i see my children love it when I say my children, I mean the boys that are growing crazy fast. Eat it. It's like a big glass yeah. of milk, oh, yeah. and a, it's like it's like as satisfying mm-hmm. as bread, but That's just delish. more. It's real. Anyways, it's good. I recommend it. All right. That's what well, I'm telling you. There we go, people. There yep. we go. That's it, guys. All right. And we'll try to get ourselves together and do this some other time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.